Hello and welcome to the Abundantly Successful Show, the show for conscious entrepreneurs who have the deep desire to turn their passion into a successful and thriving business, all while making a huge impact in your world. I'm your host, Kay Sanders, also known as the creator of possibilities. And our topic today is rescuing your blog to increase traffic. And our guest expert today is Kevin Geary. So he's an online entrepreneur and also the founder of the Six Figure Grind. So he's going to tell us about, you know, what we can do with our blog, why it's important, and all these things about how we can really leverage our blog to increase our business. So with that, without further ado, uh, let me introduce you to Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Thanks for being here. Great to have you. Hey, I am glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's definitely great. And I'm looking forward to picking your brain on the blogging. But before we dive into the content, why don't you share with us a little bit of like who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Kevin and I run sixfiguregrind.com. The entire goal of that website is to help men and women transition to building an online lifestyle business. So I come from a background of being trapped in a soul-sucking day job and I know what it feels like to have to you know, be tied to a location and be tied to a specific job and a schedule, especially one that you're not super passionate about or that you don't you feel like you don't have a lot of autonomy. You know, there's just a lot of problems with the conventional work model. And I feel like we live in uh, an era where we're one of the first generations that has an opportunity to work completely online, to be completely location independent, financially independent, schedule independent. And there's so many people that are not taking advantage of that, even though they're extremely unhappy in what they're currently doing. Now, if somebody's perfectly happy with what they do, then fine, great, do that, right? But when I look at statistics that say 70 to 80% of people are, are not satisfied with their job or unhappy in their job or actually depressed in their job, and I look at this opportunity that is right there in front of them that they're not taking advantage of, I feel like that's a gap. And I want to try to bridge that gap for people because there is freedom, there is independence, there is happiness in building an online lifestyle business. And so I started sixfiguregrind.com to help people learn exactly how to do that. I love it. And, and you, you're completely right. I mean, who, who really likes you know, being in a dead-end job? And, you know, and there are so many people out there that are really stuck in it. They simply either don't know how to really build a business online or they just don't think it's really the right thing for them. And I mean, I know it's like a lot of mindset stuff going on as well, but mm -hmm. you know, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, when today's topic is about blogging. So why is a blog really so important for our business? Like what are the benefits of actually implementing a blog for our business? Yeah. So let's say you decide, yeah, sure. I, I do want to build this online business thing. So what, you know, what do I need to do first? Well, you have to start a website. Everybody knows that a website is a really great kind of foundational place to start building that online business. But once you build a website, you're kind of faced with the realization that people don't just come to it because you built it, you know, like, so you start to problem solve, like, well, all right, well, how do I get traffic? How do I get people to my website? And of course, there is a very, very powerful marketing concept called content marketing. And content marketing is where you produce helpful, relevant, entertaining content. You put that content in front of people or you show up when they search for it and uh, they digest that content. And because you created that content, they 
like you and they know you and they trust you and they want more from you. And so content marketing and blogging is a form of content marketing is a great way to attract eyeballs and attract visitors to your website. It's a great way for you to interact with your target market, to connect with your target market, to inform and educate your target market, inspire your target market. There's a lot of opportunities built into the concept of blogging. Of course, we have to get kind of past the term blogging where a lot of people feel like, Oh, blogging is like writing an online diary or something. That's what it used to be. That's what it was in the, in the very, very early days. But in terms of business, blogging is one of the most powerful forms of marketing because of how it allows you to connect with your target market and not just connect with them, but convert them as well. So obviously, most online businesses are trying to build an email list. They're trying to capture uh, those those leads, those visitors in some relevant way so that they can continue the conversation with them. Blogging is the door to doing that. You get them on your website and then the actual articles that you are writing entice them to take the next step of joining your email list or joining your Facebook group or wherever you're trying to capture people so you can continue the conversation. Now, you mentioned you don't have to write, you know, like pages and pages and pages of blog, like articles and stuff. So what is what would be a good, you know, size of an article? Because I know a lot of people are going more into now watching videos rather than reading something. I mean, I know when I go on a website and I see like a huge, 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 long uh, letter of, you know, like just words, I'm like, I don't feel like reading all that. So I just kind of skim through. So do you have some tips around that as far as like, what's the length? And then also, should you do, you know, like a written blog or maybe like even, maybe we can even talk about the V blog, like the video based blog, see what, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what tips do you have around that? Yeah. So I, I think the first thing to understand is the, you know, the fact that if you write a blog, just because you write a, a, an article, we'll just use the word article now. And so a blog is like the collection of, of articles and content, right? So let's talk about a, a specific piece of content. So just because you produce and publish a specific piece of content, just like your website, it doesn't mean people are going to find it, right? So that's the first mistake bloggers make is they, they sit around brainstorming like, all right, what should I write about? What do I think my target market wants to know? Or, hey, I'm an expert here. I'm trying to build authority. So I need to write what my target market needs to know. And so this is how blogging starts for most people. And that's a very, very big mistake because what happens is they end up writing something that's actually very good. It's brilliant. It's helpful. It's insightful. It's all of this stuff. And then nobody reads it. And it goes eventually into their archives. And of course, when somebody comes to your website, they're not going to go pages deep into your archives to find content. So that stuff is just dead. It doesn't get any traffic. Nobody ever sees it ever again. It goes into the black hole of the internet, right? So the very first step is, all right, we need to figure out what our target market is actually searching for. This is part of SEO, keyword research. And so when you're about to sit down and write an article, I recommend that people don't do that at all. Don't start writing at all until you know exactly what people are searching for and you know how to write based on that so that when they search for it, your article can come up, you can be found. And that way you know that the work that you're putting in to produce the article is actually going to get seen by people. It's actually going to drive people to your website. And we're talking about potentially thousands or tens of thousands of people if you do this the right way. Now, you asked about the length of the article, the quality of the article. It is true that you don't have to write, uh, you know, an article every day. You don't have to publish all of this content. But what you do have to do is you have to publish high quality 
content. So you do have to write a lot, but not in terms of volume and more in terms of depth and quality on a topic. And the reason you have to do that is because that's what Google is looking for. And again, the entire point here is to get ranked in Google on search engines so that you can drive tons of traffic to your website because that's ultimately where your target market is. That's the best way, by the way. You know, everybody wants to talk about social media. We want to talk about YouTube. We want to talk, and YouTube is kind of, you know, it's not social media. It's kind of like a search engine. So it is powerful the same way that blogging is. But let's talk about Instagram for a second, right? Or Facebook. When you publish something on Facebook, number one, give it about three, four days, it's gone. Nobody cares about it anymore. It's not, and nobody can search for it. Nobody can find it on Facebook, okay? So that's a big problem. Um, then you, you have to get to the issue of like, you're interrupting people on Facebook. What are people on Facebook for? They talk to their friends, connect with people, argue about politics, look at pictures of cats. Like all of that stuff is what people are doing on Facebook. Not caring about what you're building at xyz.com, right? So when you're pumping out like, your articles on Facebook and or content on Facebook. It's like interrupting people, right? Versus when somebody goes to Google and they're like, man, I have this problem. I'm going to look for a solution. They're typing in exactly what you provide. That is the best time to show up in front of somebody. That is the most relevant time. It's the most helpful time. And it's the time they're most likely to appreciate you being in front of them. That's why I think that the entire strategy of blogging combined with SEO, getting ranked on Google, is the number one marketing strategy because there's no better time to get in front of people than when they're actually looking for you. So uh, to your point, you said that, hey, I, you know, I find articles, they're really long, I don't want to read them, so why would we produce content like that? So the first thing you have to understand is, yes, people do skim, but you know what? They skim to figure out the relevance and the importance. So they skim, and if while they're skimming, they start to come to the conclusion that there's a lot of good stuff here. It's either really helpful or really entertaining or whatever. Then they go back to the top, and they actually start reading. And then they might get to a point, let's say you have a 5,000-word article, not uncommon for people writing high-quality content. And someone gets to 1,500 words in and they just make a decision. You know what? I don't have time to read the rest of this, but I recognize the value here and I recognize that this site in general is a site that I want to continue engaging with. So even though they don't read the entire thing, they take the step of getting on your email list or they take the step of getting the free guide that you're offering along with that article. So you're meeting your goal. The goal is not to have every person read the entire thing. The goal is to attract and convert. And you can do that without them reading the entire thing. And then you talked about video. I'd rather watch a video. Okay, great. The way that you spice up your articles is by... First of all, making the paragraphs very, very short. We're not talking about 5,000 words of giant paragraphs. We're not producing textbooks here, right? Mm -hmm. It is really easy to read content, short sentences, short paragraphs, and then everything is broken up with engaging images. You can embed the videos that you make. If you love producing videos on YouTube, that's perfect because one of Google's uh, ranking factors when it tries to rank a page is how long do people spend on this page? Well, guess what? If you put an engaging video in your article and they sit there for three minutes and watch that engaging video on your site, 
that tells Google, wow, this piece of content is very, very valuable. People are spending lots of time here. So the fact that you like videos, maybe you like to create videos, is perfect. You put those in your articles on your blog and it supercharges what's going on on your blog. Makes it more engaging, makes people more likely to stick around. Gotcha. Okay. Now, one thing I would like to touch on before we kind of, you know, go further into it, like you mentioned, like, you know, your target audience. And I mean, I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and they say, well, I work with anyone that needs my help. So when it comes to blogging, what's your tip around that? Like, you know, picking a niche, being an expert in a specific area rather than being more general. Yeah. So, um, with, SEO and keyword research, number one, you're going to learn a lot about your target market. But like you said, you have to kind of know who your target market is. And with your blog articles, I recommend speaking to that specific target market. And now some people might have, you know, a target market where there's, there's like kind of three little subcategories or something. Okay. So with each article, really pick one. And I recommend writing your article as if you're talking to a single person. So like just pick one person from that little niche that you're writing on and talk to them with your article. Doesn't no nobody else matters. Just talk to them personally. And then when you're doing the research, you're going you're gonna to come up with what are called long tail keywords. These are keywords that are very descriptive. So for example, you know, like let's choose the shoe industry. Maybe you have a shoe blog or something, right? Ranking for the term shoes doesn't really help you because there's no specificity there, right? You don't know, is it women's shoes? Is it men's shoes? Is it tennis shoes? Is it, you know, high heels? Like what is it? You, you also don't know who's searching for it. So uh, if somebody just types in shoes, yeah, sure, it could be somebody interested in shoes. It could be some high school kid doing a book report on the history of shoes. You have no idea what the intent of the person searching for is. But if you start to like get into long tail keyword research and you start to see, wow, there's a lot of people searching for red high heel shoes, right? Okay, now we're getting a lot more specific here. And so if that fits my target market, maybe I'm targeting women, of course I should write an article on red high heel shoes, right? And so you can create content specific to your target market while also learning a lot more about your target market through the process of keyword research. So doing this the right way helps you target your target market specifically. Whereas like you said, yeah, a lot of people are doing it wrong and we're, we're way too broad here. Uh, we're trying to reach everybody. That's not, and Google doesn't like that either. Google likes to see websites that are targeting a specific niche because it's easier for them to figure out where to put you, right? When you try to talk to everybody, not only are the people who come to your site confused, like, well, hold on, is this for me or is it not for me? Google doesn't really know either. So it's harder for them to rank you when you're trying to talk to everybody as well. So like you said, you definitely have to get specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because I mean, I, that's like one of the things that, you know, keeps coming up in like, Everything that you do, I believe, you know, knowing who your ideal client is, you know, that's like also one of the things that I did. I sat down and really figured, okay, what's going on in my ideal client's head? Mm -hmm. Because then you can really write to, or the content that you're creating is really for that one specific person rather than just like everyone. Cause then no one is really going to resonate with that. But like, what would you say are the biggest mistakes that, you know, entrepreneurs make when, when it comes to their blog? Yeah. So like, like I said, the first one is not doing any research whatsoever. Just, just trying to brainstorm. And when you brainstorm, you're going to create a lot of really valuable content that nobody's ever going to read. And so if you like doing a bunch of work and getting no benefit from it, 
you know, by all means, take that approach. I wouldn't personally recommend it. I don't like wasting time. Um, and if you look at the traffic potential, and, and a lot of times when I go back into people's archives and optimize people's content, I find that, you know, with just 10 minutes of research, they would have been able to write an article that drove thousands of people to their website, but because they didn't re do the research, they got nothing. And so it wasn't like that big of a gap. They were so close. They just didn't have it exactly the way it needed to be. And thus they lost instead of winning. So, you know, people are getting close and sometimes you are going to get lucky and you're going to get traffic, but the doing this as a process means that you're going to win over and over and over again, repeated wins. And that's really what we want here. You know, I've built up uh, multiple websites from zero traffic to six figures in monthly traffic in a very short period of time, just by doing the right research and creating the content that people actually want and that they're looking for. It is a very, very powerful process. Now, the second mistake that people make, even if they do the research, you're going to lose if you make this second mistake, okay? As we just talked about, Google wants high quality content because that's ultimately what readers want. So people, a lot of business owners, especially if they're busy, they have this idea in their head like, okay, I've heard blogging's important or I know that blogging's important. I got to do a little bit of keyword research. They get out their free tools, you know, which I don't recommend the free tools. They're, they don't give you enough information, but it's better than nothing, okay? So you get out your free tools, you start doing a little keyword research, you find your topic and you're like, okay, I'm going to write on the topic. And then they just think that I just need to fulfill the act of blogging. So they write 600 words or 800 words, they hit publish and they move on with their life. And Google crawls that page and they're like, oh, that's fantastic. But uh, compared to all of these other resources we have available to us, eh, why? Why should we rank you? You know, like you wrote 600 words on this topic and sure, that's a great 600 words. This site over here wrote 2,600 words, just as high quality, but a lot more in depth, a lot more valuable. So you know what? We're going to rank them instead. And so it's the, the second mistake is publishing what's called thin content, okay? So thin content is content that talks about a topic, but just is very broad, you know? And it's, it's not super in-depth. It's not specific. It's not long. It's not that engaging. So Google doesn't really care about it. So if you're kind of taking the approach of, oh, I'm just doing blogging because I heard it's, you know, I'm supposed to do it and I'm just doing it to say that I did it and I'm publishing a bunch of little articles here and there you're not going to get any traction. You're not going to get any results from that. So that's mistake number two. So the first one is not doing any research whatsoever. The second one is even after you identify good topics to write on, you don't really put your heart and soul into it, right? Like you don't, you're just producing really, really thin content that Google's not going to care about and your readers aren't really going to care about. The third one, and this is really is the final one that I'll cover here is you're not promoting your content in a relevant way. And I'll kind of explain what that means because there's people who think they're promoting their content and there's people who are really promoting their content. So promoting your content for most people is, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go pin that on Pinterest, on my own Pinterest board. I'm going to go on Facebook. I'm going to make sure I share that to my audience. I'm going to share it on Twitter. I'm going to post about it on my Instagram. So I'm going to go to all these channels. I'm going to push it out to the world, right? And then I'm going to get on my email list and I'm going to alert my email list that there is a new article, blah, 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 blah. This is like what people think promoting their content is, right? And that's all fine 
but that's the very tip of the iceberg in terms of promoting your content. It's important, right? But ultimately what needs to happen, if you want this content that you're putting a lot of time and effort into to actually rank, you need to get other websites to vote for it. And the way that they vote for it is by linking to it, by another website saying, you know what, that piece of content is so good that I'm going to direct my own website traffic over to it, right? And there's a lot of techniques and tactics that you can use to try to build backlinks, okay? But one thing, the, the easiest thing, is instead of just pushing this content to your fans, you should probably reach out to other influencers and start doing networking and start to you know, let these other influencers know about your content. So you're not letting people know, you're letting other influencers know about your content. And by the way, this isn't just emailing influencers, being, hey, I just published a new article. You should definitely share it to your 100,000 fans. Like that's not how this works. It's legit like networking, relationship building. That's the type of promotion that needs to happen behind the scenes where you are so connected with certain people that when you have an important piece that you really wanted to rank and you really wanted to get out there, you are just an email or a phone call or a text away from one of these influencers where they're like, yeah, sure, I've got a perfect article where I can just link to that in the article, boom. And you start building some backlinks and Google sees that and says, this is important content that needs to be ranked. Um, so that's one aspect of promotion that I don't see people doing at all, right? Most people doing it all. Uh, they're just, they're publishing little articles and then pushing it out to their fans and nothing ever happens. This is a, a much deeper level of, of article promotion. Gotcha. Okay. So I guess let's, you know, kind of dive into like, how do we do the right, the proper research to write good content that will be ranked? Yes. So uh, there are, there's a bunch of software programs that you can purchase. Um, they're ongoing subscriptions. They're fairly expensive. It does take a lot of technical knowledge to do the proper SEO research. Now, like I said, you can jump on Google and there's a bunch of tutorials and such. You're still going to have to pay for the software. You can use some free tools. Uh, but like I said, they don't really give you enough information to make the right decisions. So the, the solution that, that I have put out into the world for people uh, is a, it's a service called Keyword Cheetah, and it does the research for you. What I used to do is I used to teach business owners and bloggers SEO. I had a course that taught them how to do my exact process that I follow, right? And what I found was that I was putting a bunch of people through this course, and then I was following up with them weeks later, months later, and what they kept telling me was, Kevin, your course was absolutely fantastic. It blew me away. I, like, I know so much more about SEO. I still don't have the time to do the research. I, I, they're busy business owners, you know, and they don't have a team to do this for them. They're, they're solopreneurs in most cases. And they also said, and, and the tools are expensive, right? Like, so I'm paying for a tool that I don't even have time to use. And they kept telling me over and over again, I wish there was just someone who did all of this for me, but like they don't have, they can't bring somebody in house, right? And so I was like, well, why am I continuing to teach SEO to people who can't even 
use what I'm teaching them. So I just started the service. I started what they asked for, right? A keyword cheetah. So uh, that's a basically a done for you service where it's less than the cost of the actual software. So like it's a kind of a no brainer in that regard. And what we do is we do the research for people. We send them a packet every month that basically says, all right, here's the exact keywords you should target. Here's all the related keywords that you should include in your copy. And we kind of make that like an outline of their article for them. We make a recommended headline suggestion based on our experience. We give them a royalty-free stock photo that matches that article idea. And so basically, they tell us, hey, you know what I, I want to do? I want to write four articles a month that are really high quality that are all researched. Or I want to write two articles. Or I want to write one article. They tell us, right? And so we send them all of the data, all of the outlining, everything that they need to create the article that Google wants, right? And so 60, 70% of the process is done for them every single month. A packet shows up and just says, hey, write about this. And they love it because they don't have to do any research. They know that they stand a really high chance of getting ranked because we're also finding keywords that we know their site can rank for. It's all based on their target market. It's all about the intent of the user, et cetera. So it allows them to create high quality content without knowing anything about SEO, without doing, spending any of the time on the research, without buying any of the expensive tools. And, it, and it's, it's gone crazy. I mean, people absolutely love it. So basically what you're saying is, I mean, in order to really leverage your, your, your blog effectively, you really have to do a lot of research to find out what really goes, what people are looking for, and then really deliver high quality content, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because ultimately, if, you, uh, if you're going to get in front of somebody, it's because when they typed in a specific phrase, you showed up. And if, if you don't know what those phrases are that they're searching for, you're not going to show up. It's, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you say to people that really don't like writing? Because I know when I first started, I'm like, I hate writing. Even though I already right. had written a book, I'm like, I hate writing my blogs. And yeah. I was really slacking or like also like, you know, what would be a good number? Like how often should you be releasing a blog? That's one of the questions I was going to ask you earlier as well. So uh, to me, the optimal publishing schedule is once a week. If you publish a high quality piece once a week, you're good to go. Now, if you were going to do all the research on your own, I mean, you would spend literally hours doing the research because it's not just about finding the phrases. It's about, it, let's say you find a phrase, but everybody else in your industry also has found that phrase. The competition is so high that yes, you could write a really high quality article. You're still not going to rank unless you get a tons of other websites to, to link to that article, right? So it's, it, it kind of gets to a point where you're like, is that even worth the effort at that point? Or should I just find a different phrase? A lot of the research is based on that. It's about finding opportunities that you can actually win at, not just opportunities in, in general, right? Um, so, so that's one aspect of it. Um, as far as the, you, you asked the question about not liking to write, that's a really good question, by the way, because uh, there are a lot of people in, in those shoes and I think they're going to like my answer, okay? You don't have to write like you were taught to write in school. The best articles and the best content online is written exactly how you would speak to somebody in a conversation. So, uh, now some people aren't good at writing like that, right? What you can literally do 
if, if you're not, if you don't like writing, but you're good at talking, for example, is just record yourself talking about the topic, have it outlined, right? So you, you don't have to do it even in one take. Let's say your, your article is outlined as it's five sections, right? So you have section one, two, three, four, five, and each one is a little subtopic of that overall topic. So you turn on a recorder and you, you just talk about the introduction right? And then you stop and then you look at what the next section is. Okay. You get out the recorder, you record based on that section as well. And you just record the entire thing. You take the recording, you either transcribe it yourself or you send it off to like rev.com, let them transcribe it for you. They send you back the transcription. You clean it up a little bit. It's going to sound exactly like very natural, very easy to read, exactly like you talk, which is the perfect style of content. Your article's done right? So you don't have to write. You can literally just talk. Or if you're already making videos on YouTube, get those videos transcribed and let those become sections of your content, right? You just you clean it up a little bit because it's going to have some unnatural stuff in it. That's fine. You just do a little editing and that becomes your written content. So you're repurposing in a lot of cases. So you do not have to be a writer and you do not have to hire a writer to do blogging really well. So one thing that you just mentioned, like if you, you, you mentioned, like if you have a YouTube video or whatever, you can get that transcribed. So basically that can be a, your entire blog post, uh, to, that you can use and still embed the, the video in there. Is that what you meant? It depends on how long those videos are, right? Because again, you do need, so the average, uh, the average piece of content that ranks number one for any given result, this is across all niches, across all keywords, et cetera, is 1800 words long. That is the average length of content that exists in the number one spot for any given search term. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some that are 600. There's going to be some that are 10,000, right? The average is 1800. So that kind of gives you an idea. If your video is a minute long, then it's probably when you transcribe, it, it's not going to give you that much content. But if you're sitting there recording, you know, 10, 15 minutes, right? That gives you a nice solid chunk of content when you get that transcribed to, to, become a blog article. And then let's say, you know, you get that transcribed, you put it in your article and then you're like, well, it's not enough. Like there's a couple other sections that I want to have content for. Okay. Get out your recorder and just record or make another video on the next section, right? So that you're producing more content for YouTube at the same time you're producing more content for your blog. But yes, the, the art of transcription or the act of transcription ends up producing the written content for you. Nice. That's pretty interesting. I need to look into that. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people, they do also like, you know, they prefer the video rather than the written word. So yeah. uh, now as far as the format of the blog, is there like a specific format that you should follow? So it looks appealing. So people actually say, hey, I really want to read that. Yeah, so having the videos uh, embedded in the article is really good because it breaks up the content and it lets people that are visual like stop and play this section and then get to the next section, do the same thing. Having images that support the, the content is very important as well because, again, that breaks up the, the content. I would say that your paragraph should be no more than like four lines long. So, you know, obviously depends on the width of, of your content, but if it's more than four lines, it needs to be broken into the next paragraph. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some lines can even just be one sentence, right? You've probably seen this, uh, makes it really, really easy to read. You should use subheadings 
as much as possible because when people are scanning, like we talked about earlier, they're scanning those subheadings primarily to see what each section of the content is about. You should use lists as much as possible. Whenever you bullet things out or use numbered lists, it really appeals to people. It really helps them scan the content. One of the biggest tricks is at the end of your content, writing a conclusion that kind of sums up all of the points that you made earlier because what people do when we study how people scan content, they scroll to the bottom and they read the conclusion to see if there's any good information in there and if the conclusion entices them or convinces them that what was talked about earlier is really high quality, that's when they'll go back to the top and read the whole thing. If your conclusion is not there or it's just a really weak conclusion, like a lot of people write very, very weak conclusions, like a lot of times I literally bullet out everything I covered in the article in the conclusion so that the scanner coming down reads that list and goes, wow, that's some really juicy stuff. All right, now I need to go back up and actually read this article. That's really the process that people go through. So you have to understand that and craft your content accordingly. But yeah, anything that breaks up content, anything that makes it more engaging, anything that makes it easier to read, do it, right? Don't just publish a wall of text. I like that. You know, I mean, I think we covered a lot of great content today in, in this interview about, you know, blogging and how beneficial it is. I mean, is there anything else that you think we should cover before we come to the end? No, I think if you, if you do the research or you get the research done, you write high quality content, however that needs to happen, and then you promote it like I talked about. You start networking with people in your niche and you actually develop real relationships and you can start getting other sites to link to you. And by the way, you're linking to them as well, you know, in your content. So you guys are all like a team, you know, um, then you are going to get significantly more results than you've been getting. Um, you should also know that any content that you've published in the past is not dead. Even though it gets no traffic, I go back all the time and find, I found content that people wrote. I actually just released a case study on this. People wrote four years ago. It has gotten zero traffic for four years. We did the research. We optimized the content a little bit. We republished it. It ranked three weeks later and now gets significant amount of traffic. And when I say significant amount of traffic for that specific article, it's about 500 unique visitors a week, okay? So almost 2,000 unique visitors every single month when previously it was getting zero traffic for four straight years. So old content, it can actually be ranked easier sometimes than new content. All right, so I want people to understand that uh, I, that would be one extra bonus mistake I'll throw in is people think that, oh, I just publish it and then whatever happens, happens and that's not how it works. People that really know SEO, they massage content into the top 10, okay? So they watch it over time and they continue to optimize it and work on it until it ranks. That's one of the insider secrets that I, I want people to understand that when you publish something, it doesn't just... Whatever, it's not whatever happens, happens. It's whatever you make happen, happens. Gotcha. So that sounds like a job for an expert. I mean, just like what you explained to me, like with the research, I'm like, no, I would not want to do that. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah it's, so it's, do I know how to do it? And then it's, do I even want to do that, right? That's uh -huh. the two questions people should ask. However, it doesn't matter if you know, it doesn't matter if you want to. The bottom line is that if you're not doing it, then you are leaving literally, I've had websites that make six figures in revenue 
only through SEO and organic traffic. You are leaving massive amounts of money and exposure and authority on the table. Also think about reselling a website at some point. Let's say you lose interest in what you're doing. That happens all the time. Well, do you want to be able to sell that, what you've built as an asset to somebody else? If you, if, if you find somebody who's interested in buying, one of the first things they're going to ask you is how much traffic does your site get? And if you have to tell them, well, it gets X amount because I pay for traffic, right? Well, now they have to pay for it if they want the same traffic, right? Um, or, oh, I, I'm really good on social media, so I get a lot of stuff from Instagram and Facebook. Well, guess what? They don't have your Instagram account. They don't have your Facebook account. Maybe they don't do social media. That's not valuable to them. If you say it gets 85,000 visits a month from Google organically every single month, that is very valuable to them. They take it over, guess what? Your site still gets that, okay? So it really adds to the value of your website as an asset as well. So it helps your business now, it helps your business later. If you're not doing it, it's a big mistake. So pay to have it done. If, if you're not gonna do it yourself, get somebody to do it because you don't want to make the mistake of not capitalizing on this amazing opportunity. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, I mean, th Kevin, thank you so much, you know, for going through all that stuff. So giving really good content and giving great, great value. And I think that's one of the things we also talked about is like providing great content. So, you know, thank you for taking the time. You know, I mean, if anyone would like to, you know, get a hold of you, find out more about you, where can they find you? How can they learn a little bit more about you? Yeah, so uh, you can find everything at sixfiguregrind.com. You don't have to put any dashes or anything. Just, you know, spell it out one word, sixfiguregrind.com, S-I-X. And uh, that's it. We, we will show you how to build a six-figure online lifestyle business. I love it. Now, do you have any free resources, any bonuses, any gifts you would like to share? Uh, yeah, for sure. So I'm going to set up a specific page for everybody who follows Abundantly Successful. So if you just go to sixfiguregrind.com slash abundantly successful, all one word, then you will find some goodies there uh, that, that will be very valuable to you. I'll just say that. Okay, well, I'll definitely go to check that out as well. So, Kevin, right. thank you so much for being here. You know, any last final words you would like to leave us with? Um, I would say, again, if you are thinking about building an online business or you're in a day job or maybe you're, you just have a side hustle right now or what have you, I want you to really think about what life would be like if you were fully location independent, if you were fully financially independent, if you were fully independent of schedules, and, you know, let that soak in a little bit and let that motivate you to really go after this. Because again, I was in a soul sucking day job and the, the thing that I hate the most, hate seeing the most is people who could absolutely take the leap. They're brilliant people. They're hard workers and they're just not doing it. They're just sitting around twiddling their thumbs because, well, that job is safe, right? We need to get out of what's safe. I did it. I did it with a family. I have three kids, right? Um, oh get out of what's safe and get to doing what you are meant to do. Like follow your passion and build an online business and, and make it happen. I think that's the best way, you know, to end the session. So, I mean, this interview. So thank you so much for being here, taking time out of your busy day, sharing all the great content. I mean, I definitely learned a lot as well. And I'm pretty sure the audience did too. So thanks so much for, for being here. Thank you for having me. And I also want to thank you guys, you know, for tuning in again. You know, I hope you really learned a lot today. I mean, blogging is really a great tool. And I hope, you know, Kevin was able to, you know, give you the insights in how to really leverage your blog to get organic traffic. I mean, you know, to really create 
content that your ideal clients want that really they need and so they're going to keep coming back. So like I said, I hope this was helpful. You know, make sure to go to abundantly-successful.com for the show notes, for the links and everything else and also to find out more about Kevin. Also get the link to his website. You know, and I'm super excited, you know, having you here and I'm looking forward to seeing you again in the next episode of the Abundantly Successful Show and I hope you have an amazingly abundant and successful day. Thank you.